This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. Hello, welcome to the third attempt at recording an introduction for this week's Homestow Radio podcast. They've been good so far, haven't they, lads? No, no, they haven't. I think they have, actually. <laughs> the first one involved just verbal abuse to Aaron, and the second one was just me swearing because I can't remember what the show was called. Um, anyway, thanks for downloading this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, we weren't massively happy about the number of live listeners this week, to be honest with you. So it'd be nice, those of you downloading only, if you could uh, tune in live and get involved. If you can't, you know, why not email us and tell us why, if it's not an excuse we've heard already. Um, hopefully we'll, um, yeah, hopefully that'll pick up in the near future. Otherwise, we might have to do this as a podcast only. And I think we lose a bit by doing that. But um, but there we are. Uh, obviously, thanks you, thank you to everyone who has tuned in and listened and downloaded. Um, how, how do you think it went today, guys? Ben, was it all right? Yeah, I thought it was a really good show. Actually, lots of good points in from the listeners on on Twitter and email and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely worth a listen, if only for for the uh, the listenership. You know, giving their comments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you enjoy yourself today, Aaron. I think it was fantastic. Apart from me coming out with some random comments before, you know. Yeah, there was a few random comments and a few references to stuff we talked about off air, but you know that's, that's what, what makes it special from my point of view. <laughs> Certainly, that's what whole radio's all about. Now, um, because of the delay on our recording, well, we're going to sit here in some awkward silence for a while. But I hope you enjoy the next hour and a half or so, and we'll be back with an outro shortly. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Homestale Radio. Butterfield into the hat trick. Astonishing. Of all the unlikely heroes. It's Scannell. Ambrose. Goal. Crystal Palace, and that may do it. Glickowitz is an own goal from Popovich. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Um, I am your host, Chris Hambling, and yet again, I can hear myself in the background because I didn't change a setting. Let me do that now. Ah, that's better. See, it sounded so professional, wasn't it, guys? And then. And I go and ruin it. Yes. Mm. Not the best of starts. Still, I mean, you know, it, it's in keeping with our 
with our usual standard of things. So let me uh, let me return to my performer professionalism and try and keep a straight face. You can contact us today uh, through Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Include at whole radio with your message. I don't like that voice. Uh, you can contact us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, you can join possibly Aaron on his own in the chat room. It's uh, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. No, 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 we've got one person in now. Huzzah. Oh, oh that's all right then. Um, you can give us a call uh, to discuss any of uh, the last seven days' events or anything we talk about. It's 0208 123 1646. Calls charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle. Uh, just reiterate the point that you may have to try a couple of times for me to notice. It's just, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us today, it's radio at homesdale.net. We've got plenty of contacts already. Uh, it'd be great to get more from you. Um, Ben's looking after our Twitter account. So um, if you want to contact us so we can get an immediate response, he's, he's there doing that. He's, yeah. Got some messages so far, Ben? Uh, yeah, got quite a few actually. I'm going to read a couple out. Yeah, why not? Uh, the first one I got was from Gary T123. Quite a, quite a good username actually, I think. <laughs> He says, do you think that Dougie Freeman can be more attack-minded going forward? I hope so. That's obviously something that we'll, we'll get onto more in later on in the show. It, but it is, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that, that is definitely something that will come out of the discussion in the Derby game because I think there's a lesson to be learned there for, for a start. But yeah, absolutely. Very good point from Gary there. Anything else that we can start with or should we move? Um, yeah, I need to give a big shout-out to, to Claire Eglinton who is totally listening, she's told me so. <laughs> yeah, that's another one from Twitter. How do you, how do you totally listen to something? What's that's, what she, that's what she said. She'll be totally listening. Or totally tuned in. Yeah. Uh, seems fair enough. Uh, let me just run through a few of the things uh, we're going to do before I have a quick chat with the lads, and then uh, and then we'll get on with things. Uh, we've got a few, what? well, I call them hot topics. Well, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but just a few bits and pieces we've picked up from the message boards and, uh, and you know, a few little events that don't really come into any other category, but... Things like uh, the uh, vice president's quiz. We we'll have a quick chat about that in a bit. So uh, there was a whole radio, whole radio representation. I'll give you a little rundown of how how things went. Uh, we have a talk about the uh, dance with the crystals that happened in a halftime in the Barnsley match. Just um, it was a great thing. But we, yeah, we'll just say about how that went really and uh, what, what money's been raised, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, we're going to review that Barnsley game. I, don't imagine we'll have too much to say on that, other than we won it. Uh, but there was some interesting reaction after the game, certainly. I think that's where our talking point is there. Uh, we reviewed the Derby match, the Palace on Tour Day 2. Uh, well, fantastic day out. Uh, not so much a fantastic result. But we'll have a, we'll have a little chat over how that went and, and why it went the way it did, I suppose. But um, I say, certainly, I think every one of the 2,000 or so that went would have uh, would have enjoyed themselves anyway. Uh, we'll have a quick look ahead to the Doncaster match on Tuesday uh, and the Forest game the, 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 the Saturday after, well, following Saturday. Uh, just, you know, look look at how things are shaping up and what we might do. And then we'll uh, we'll cover as much of the correspondence as we can. Well, that sounds fun, doesn't it, chaps? Very much yes. so, yeah. Yeah, good answer. Um, well, I mean, Aaron, you didn't, didn't get to any of these games. What have you been doing with yourself? Not much. I'm bricking it tomorrow. I've got a fitness assessment at college. Absolutely bricking it. However, my yesterday I was enlightened. Uh, known goal scored in the conference, which gave Alfreton Town the lead, was scored by Joe Thorpe, which is the same name as one of my teachers. And if you know him, he's an absolute man. Whoa there, whoa there, whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Aaron. <laughs> ben, have you... Um, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. I can't keep forgetting that. 
you know, going to Aaron is often a mistake, but never yeah, mind. You should know um, that one. Yeah. Ben, you done anything exciting? Obviously, we saw you Tuesday, but you didn't make it to Palace on Tour Day 2. Hmm. Is that because of university and having no money and things? Pretty much so, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to a few more uh, later on in the season, but, well, I'll say later on in the season, not many to go, but hopefully Reading and Portsmouth will be ones that I'll be at. Um, news from me, I interviewed an Olympian this morning. That was, that was quite uh-huh. good. And who yeah. was that? Uh, it's Jade Nichols. She's the British discus champion. She's got the world indoor record and stuff. So that was good. <laughs> what That's did you right. What did you discuss? <laughs> uh, we we oh, discussed, oh. we discussed her um her medal chances at the Olympics and yeah, stuff like that. It was, making, it was good. Just, just making a joke, wasn't really. Yeah, no, yeah. And we did discuss we did discuss them as well. So that, okay, good. That Fair good. enough. Yeah. That's very he was good. Gagging at the chance <laughs> to get that joke in. <laughs> Gag <laughs> gagging. <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right. Sorry, sorry. Puns, please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me just take you through uh, events at the uh, Vice President's Quiz, which was um, which was held, uh, rearranged for, for thurs- last Thursday. Uh, I mean, the, I'll, I'll, let's get the, the main information out of the way first. Whole Radio's team didn't win. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know, it's a surprise, isn't it? Um, no, no, it's not. No. Is it not? No. no. Well, Mark, Mark Ross was there. Oh, you no. would have won. What you happened to Mark? Um, Mark drank his body weight in Palace Ale and became odd, to say the very least. <laughs> but the main story, <laughs> the main story out there, I tell you, he was extremely upset about not winning anything in the raffle. I did try to explain the concept of a raffle to him, but <laughs> he was having none of it. Um, it was, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> his, his, uh, his real grievance was that he felt that the uh, tickets hadn't been mixed correctly because they were all coming out of certain pockets of tables, but... I think that's not really entering into the spirit of a fundraiser, is it? You start getting really upset by that. But there was um, some significant controversy at the uh, at the oh, actual no. quiz. No. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, you'd uh, you'd imagine you'd have heard about it before before me revealing now what's happening. I've, I've heard a little bit, but you, you will need to explain some more. Actually, I think obviously it's been swept under the carpet. It's a high level conspiracy thing going on, really. But um, no, what happened? It was uh, the, the sort of whole idea of the quiz was. All the teams were involved up to a point, and then two would qualify as the top two teams, and they could then go on and just sort of uh, and compete head to head for for winners. Um, and the two teams that got through, one was called Don Rogers Groupies, um, <laughs> the other was the Palace Radio Gaga, obviously the, the Palace Radio team. Um, there was um, head to head questions, sort of with a with a buzzer, and let's say buzzer. One was a rattle, and one was a whistle, and. Uh, yeah, some really impressive answers from both teams. I mean, stuff that, well, for this way, if we'd managed to get through to that round, I'd have massively embarrassed myself and sat there in silence with those questions. Some really impressive knowledge from both teams. Um, but there was um, a, a problem with the, the whistle, should we say. Well, I say there was a problem with the whistle. The team with the whistle, which was Don Rogers' groupies, seemed uh, unable to successfully operate said whistle. Um, ben, uh, you could uh, explain to listeners how a whistle works. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah, you blow you blow some air into something, and it's then not it difficult, makes a really, is it? Not really, no. And obviously, if you want to make a louder whistling sound, then blow a little, blow a little blow more air. That's yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly it. That's exactly what happens, right? But that that concept seemed a little bit lost. So probably all the palace trivia would sort of mark general sort of common sense. But anyway, um, they were complaining of uh, that that the whistle wasn't clear and that they were losing out in terms of the buzzer. In you know. In other words, they they felt the other team had an advantage, so they agreed to swap um, the rattle and the whistle over. And and basically, from what I can recall, the um, the 
the Q&A part sort of ended all square. And the decider was a chant competition. Now, before the questions, the teams have been asked to pick a random envelope. And that envelope contained a name of a current Palace player who didn't really have a chant. They were given 15 minutes to come up with a new chant. And uh, both both did good. Well, one team, Don Rogers Group, did a very good job with theirs. It was fast par to the tune of fast car. Uh, it was a good effort, you know, amusing. <laughs> not not got, too shabby, that. No, not too shabby. Got a polite polite round of applause, a little few cheers. Um, but the Paddy McCarthy effort from from the Palace radio team was, I think anyone who was there would tell you it was a significantly better. It was fantastic. The words are on a thread on Homesdale. I'm not going to go and get it now. But let's just say it was a funny chant. It was the tune of My Old Man's a Dustman, which is always fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just absolute quality. And I think, I think... The rest, is, I think, we be safely say that although no, neither team was embarrassed, that it was the better charm, and we were expecting that to be awarded as a win. Initially, the win was awarded, um, but due to some complaints over the scoring system from the um, not so gallant losers, bless them, mm. uh, I think basically another tiebreak was was agreed. Now I'll, I'll rush this story as best I can. Uh, initially, the initial tiebreak question there was a draw. The following tiebreak question there was a draw. Uh, and then Palace Radio Gaga won it on the next tiebreak question. Um, and they involved reading from, they involved Ter- Terence from redandbluearmy.co.uk reading from a book successfully. Um, <laughs> you'd have thought that could have, that was fairly straightforward. Unfortunately, <laughs> Terence was unable to read in a straight line on one of the, one of the questions. He's as bad uh, as and me. It, and it turned <laughs> out that, um, Don Rogers Group is, should have, should have won on the second tiebreak, I think it was. So, all, all in all, and then Palace Radio Gaga, you know gallantly handed over the prize and and always you know always well in the world again but real controversy there but um i don't i just yeah i felt i felt certainly um i I should share the story but what i will say is that it was a very entertaining uh evening out you'd like a bit of controversy but it was nice to spend a bit of time with with a load of palace fans all all focusing on the same thing, which was having a couple of drinks and raising money for the club. And I'm, I'm not sure what the final figure was. It was, you know, we're talking hundreds, edging towards a thousand, I think, of pounds raised for the Crystal Palace Academy. Um, I think it probably would have been better attended if, if it was on the original day, but the snow took care of that. But having said that, it, it was very well attended and I think everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. So, um, well done to the club for organising that and hopefully that, that's an event that will return. I'll certainly go back and I'll do some revision next time, I promise, and I'll try and represent whole radio a bit better, I think. Um, I think I'll have to come down next time. <laughs> yeah, I'll, um. Infamous yeah, knowledge. Yeah, when, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I don't want to delay too much more on that, but certainly the events at the club are always worth, worth getting involved with. It's a shame when they, they're not well attended and it was good to see that one, that one was, so. Yeah, there's plenty more on, on the official site, so get, get involved in them. Uh, let's talk about Dancing with the Crystals, the absolute highlight of the Barnsley game. Uh, <laughs> I bet it was. It definitely was, yeah. Uh... Aaron, you missed out, I tell you, I'm telling you. You really did miss out. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't see the coverage because I was, wasn't around Friday, but um, I'm not sure whether it, whether it got much coverage on, on Sport Relief on Friday. I very much hope so, because there was certainly a lot of filming going on, focusing on poor James Endicott, I think. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, honestly, they they did themselves proud. I, I really, I think they sort of overcame their initial shyness and really, um, really sort of uh, 
put everything into it and it was a, it was an entertaining routine and it certainly lifted the spirits ben how did you find it strangely arousing was it um <laughs> arousing is probably not the word i'd use it was oh. fantastic i did really enjoy it obviously i was watching sport relief on friday as well and they got a little bit of coverage at nine and then uh, uh, again in the early hours so you know to be on on national television on bbc one's quite a good effort in itself but yeah fantastic i know they worked really hard there was loads of training sessions that they were talking about on twitter so uh, fantastic effort, and, and Sharon Lacey's told us that it raised £5,631 as well, which is amazing. So. That is absolutely amazing. I don't know if we can try and find out whether you can still donate. I, I hope so, because I don't think I actually remember to do so. So I'll, uh, I'll certainly have a look into that. But um, if, Ben, you could, you know, you've got nothing better to do, if you could find out if we can still donate, maybe, maybe ask Sharon. She might be able to help out. I will find out now. Yeah, that'd be great. And then we'll pass on a, a link for you guys. And while I'm talking about passing on links, I just want to we'll come we'll talk about this bit in a, in a minute. It's the stewarding up at Derby. Um, I, just in case anyone who went to uh, went to Derby uh, experienced some of the things that went on up there, which like I say I, I will come to. Um, there's there's the uh, Football Supporters Federation who who look after. Um, sort of interest of football supporters and we, we've seen them contacted about the issue with the Brighton wall and we've various different incidents over the last few years um if if you did experience anything bad and you want to pass on uh, the if you've got any footage you filmed or, or you want to pass on a statement about how you were treated uh, amanda jacks is the, is the representative at the football supporters federation that you'll need to contact uh, thanks to nigel king for, for emailing in and reminding me about this uh, the email is amanda.jacks at fsf.org.uk and um she very much uh, will treat every complaint with with the utmost seriousness and uh, you really do if you did have a, a problem you really should contact her because um it, it's sort of there's a bit of portfolio of of ill treatment being sort of built up here and and i know from the bbs stephen uh browett was in the he was said he was in the away support and um he himself was was shocked at the treatment and and will be making a um you know making his thoughts on the situation known so you know serious things really we i know a lot of people um sort of think that, that if you behave yourself at a football match in the right way then you won't have any problems and, and and seem to think that the responsibility always lies with the away support but i believe me from from doing so many away games it's not always the case uh so there's definite problems at the moment so make sure you do if you experience any of that you do report them um, Lewisham Eagle wants to know what happened to the Wasp from last week. <laughs> he does. Lewisham Eagle in the chat room wants to know. Now, um, those of you that don't know what we're talking about, will, if, you, if you listen to last week's podcast, it all will become clear. Let's just say on two occasions, one audible and one not so audible, I was set upon by an evil Wasp. <laughs> it was, um, I evil, will admit, is it? it is evil, evil Queen Wasp. Now, I will admit to being slightly... Uh, terrified wasps in the air <laughs> in a slight in a very unmanly way <laughs> uh, and you can judge that from the um the swearing and the yelp as i as i feel i'm being attacked in the introduction to last week's podcast if you go to wholeradio.net and on our page on well, on the home south site and scroll down to the bottom where the podcasts are if you uh, you can download or, or listen directly to last week's show and you can hear that in the first probably first five minutes i'd say that happens it also happened when we were talking to jerry later on um i managed to not say anything at that point 
But if you listen with the volume up, you can hear a slight, you can hear a slight buzz followed by the sound of my headphones, um, hitting the keyboard. And then, and then, and the next time I speak, I'm, I'm audibly much further away from my microphone than I was before. So, yeah, it's all very, um, yeah, it doesn't really bode well. Not as good as being stung by a bee. The the question, yeah, well, (laughs) bees mean it because they die when they sting you. Exactly. That much of a git that they feel like they have to die to hurt you. But anyway. That aside, the um, the wasp was released from from the should we say my broadcast room. I uh, managed to capture it in a pint glass uh, with a super furry <laughs> animal glass room. <laughs> yeah, my broadcast room. <laughs> what? what, what? Oh, sorry, no, no, carry on. No, sorry. Don't you have a broadcast? Room? Is it is it a dedicated broadcast room? Is that all? Is that yeah, there's other do? things happen there, but it's mainly a mainly a broadcast room, I'd say. We don't want to go into today, into no. Yeah, we'll <laughs> probably move on from that. Yeah, sure. I've got a list of things that I do in this room. No, it really, it's fine, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what I'm just trying to help. Um, anyway, I was saying something serious about these stewarding, but I think I covered that. I'll, I'll come back to it again in a little bit. Um, it was actually the next topic. I kind of neatly went on to it somehow, but. Um, yeah. Um, well, I was I, well. I'll give you the quick rundown of what what basically happened. There was I was right up the the back, sort of just to the side of the HF. Um, so I didn't really see what was going on exactly. Well, I will say my own experience with the stewarding um, was to be scolded like a child for uh, banging a, a metal box to the right of me, um, which because apparently it contained important electrical equipment, I shouldn't be hitting the thing. And I have to say the stewarding was very effective because the uh, halitosis that the steward was suffering actually incapacitated me um halitosis is bad breath lads just to help you out there um mm. uh, yeah so i was completely incapacitated by his breath and was ha- and had to immediately stop banging the um thing and creating some atmosphere <laughs> so um i wasn't massively impressed with their attitude there was a lot of like walking across people's vision and trying to get their way into the middle of the fans who had, no one was doing anything it's like a couple of times they were trying to get their way in for people standing on seats and Really, they were just, they seemed to be provoking a reaction. Um, but again, it was quite mild where I was placed, but sort of further down, there was a lot of filming going on, and there was a risk chance, you know, a bit of this harmless sort of football related banter when you start chanting at stewards and police and things like that. There's no real aggression or anything like that, but they were taking great delight in, in filming people and, and yeah, really, really trying to wind people up. A lot, you know, a few people got thrown out. I know one guy wasn't even let in because he'd had a few drinks, but it's, um, yeah, it's bizarre. I, I, and the stewarding couldn't have been any more different than it was for the cup game up there. There weren't that many of us who went. Um, but they were very, very friendly and I didn't really have any problems. So it, it seems that sometimes, I don't know, let's just say they might be re- reacting to some police intelligence, which is something of an oxymoron at times. Um, but they certainly were sort of predisposed to, to, assuming that there would be some sort of trouble and really palace on tour days about everyone having a laugh and and we were it was a great day out it's a, it a real shame um if anyone else has got any sort of experiences that they want they want to share about the stewarding do do let us know ben you got some thoughts on the subject mm, yeah i was i was uh, looking at twitter at the time and people were taking photos of the of the bloke who was filming i think it's ridiculous i think because we took quite a lot of fans i think automatically that that warrants more police in a way and, and they assume that we're going to kick off because there's quite a lot of us and I think it's ridiculous like, to be filming people who are just harmlessly watching football and to, to you know put them through a 90 minute recording or whatever is, is just it's humiliating in a way because they're not doing anything wrong they're just having, having a nice day out in the sun you know a few drinks before the game 
Mm. They've gone there to enjoy the football, and I think to to be filming them is is quite quite unnecessary in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. I, like I say, I know I know the temptation is to to immediately share the information you've got, but just to reiterate, I think it strengthens the case for the Football Supporters Federation if you just send information directly to them. Let's read out that, that email just again. It's amanda.jacks at... Oh, do you know what? I've forgotten. amanda.jacks at fsf.org.uk. Does that sound right? Yeah. Sounds good to me. amanda.jacks. Jacks is J-A-C-K-S, by the way, at fsf.org.uk. Um, I think we'll, we'll move on from that, but certainly not move on from... I mean, that's a, that's a subject that we've come back to time and, time and again, really. I think people occasionally get... They're upset with the steward in at Sellers Park, but I've seen some absolutely insane things uh, away from home, and I don't know why. The sort of the ignorance of of um, of how our fans have been treated is is allowed to continue, and I think I think we've just got to do something about it now. I think it's gone too far, in my opinion. Uh, and I'd like to say, I know certainly, I think Stephen Browett seeing it firsthand is probably going to help matters as well because he can re- relay his experiences directly to, to the authorities when they're talking about things like the segregation we need at Sellers Park and a number of police officers on duty and all of that's causing aggravation and a lot of people feeling that CPC 2010 aren't standing up for, for themselves there I think that's wrong personally having sort of seen what they have to go through uh, for each game and, and knowing about their desire to have zero police at Sellers for, for the majority of games but you know, real shame, real shame to be talking about that, really, to be honest. Um, and let's hope it doesn't continue in the same vein. Otherwise, you know, people just sort of stop going into games. It really does spoil things. <clears throat> uh, just want to have a quick few looks at some of the other subjects. I think we've probably overrun slightly already on these. But are the, well, Aaron, you raised a subject about Klein to Man United or Man City. Because obviously we had the situation where it was talked he signed a pre-contract with Manchester United, which is not confirmed but um, you picked out a story that Man City were were coming in for him. Mm. Granted, it was on the Daily Telegraph, but or mm. Daily Mail, one of the two. But um, it seemed Mail. Daily Mail. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. But it seems that Man City might be lining up a, a bid for Klein. As you said, Chris, um, we had all been thinking that he already signed a pre-contract with United to go there in the summer. Mm. It seems that City, their rivals, have decided to throw. Um, their ticket in and try and get in on him as well which could start a bidding war but we still probably won't get much out of it given his contracts up and tribunals and stuff so yeah well i say it's not really going to start start a bidding war which was why i posted an uh, opinion on there sort of reiterate the point i was making really it sounds more to me like agent talk because mm. well I, i'd certainly heard i think it was posted something on, on the bbs actually was posted about klein's uh, advisor when when discussions had taken place with man united in january um, had asked for what, what was considered unrealistic wages. Um, and I think if you're trying to strengthen your bargaining position, you're going to try and drum up other interest in, in the press. That's yeah. you know, it's a recognised tactic. Uh, I don't really see the wh- wh- why else that would happen. Now, if you if you look at the options ahead, at Man United, when if Klein was to go there, that you know they're in dire need of a right back. They, they've got mm. people with ability in that position, but but no one who's secured that position, if you like. Uh, whereas you look at Man City, Mika Richards is, is their right back, and he's got better and better under Mancini. I don't really want to sort of uh, dwell too long on the Manchester clubs, but it's, the, the question really is what's best for Nathaniel Klein? Um, I, I'll come to you in a second, Aaron, because you've got a point on his advisor. But um, Ben, who, who do you feel would, he would, be, who would benefit from joining most? 
Mm, yeah, I agree, I agree with what you said there. Man United is obviously a much better club for his development. Man City, you know, spending mega bucks every season, you're not going to get much football there, to be honest, is he? Mm. Especially when, you know, if they pay, what, three million for him and then they've got players that they've paid 30 odd million for, he's, he's not going to get a look in. And whereas that Man United, like you said, Gary Neville was probably their last proper right back and, and they're dropping and changing there at the moment. So mm. they need somebody there and I think he, that's the better club for him to go to. You know, obviously don't want him to leave at all, but it's, yeah, it's very, yeah, very likely exactly. that he will, so. Yeah, well, I mean, know. I think the, the shame of it is really, he, he's, you know, he's, I'm not saying he's any, he's not good enough to play for Man City and he's good enough. That's not really the point. You know, he's, not, he's good enough to play for either team, in my opinion. It's just obviously, like you're indicating that it's, it's getting in that team, first of all. I think much better chance than Man United. Um, Aaron, you want to talk about Klein's advisor? Yeah, um, I do believe I read it somewhere. Not entirely sure. I think but it was that really It probably is the same one, but uh, Klein's advisor is actually the same advisor to Mika Richards. Hmm. Man yeah, City, I, I, which some I'd ways always... when it could sway him to City, but in my opinion, he'll probably end up going to Man United because he's got a better chance of first team football. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I did, I did see that. I was assumed. Well, it was always said that his initial advisor, anyway, was a, is a family member, but. Assumedly, hmm. he's he's moved on to a, a professional agency or something now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a, I think it's a shame we're sort of having to talk in these circumstances. It'd be not much nicer to be talking about him him staying and and us going up next year with him in the team. But there we are. That's that's life, isn't it? That's life at that's a, a club of our size. And hopefully, you know, with the right ambitions, we can avoid this situation in the future. Um, okay, so that's. I mean, that's that out of the way. I think, I think the general consensus is we don't want to lose him, but we are going to lose him. And he'd be better served by, by getting himself to Man United, if, if indeed their interest is genuine, which I believe it is. Um, another couple of suggestions on there that I don't really want to go to. There's a lot of, um, or both boards really, there's a lot of people talking about, um, you know, what, why, why people are actually sort of moaning and complaining all the time. And that kind of leads us neatly into the Barnsley review. Uh, because, let's face it, there was a lot of moaning and complaining during and after that game. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what, all the different reasons for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm trying desperately not to burp really loudly on air. It's difficult. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the, the game finished Palace 1, Barnsley 0, uh, with Sean Scannell scoring a, a lovely diving header in the last minute. Um, and pretty much that's a summary of the whole game right there. For the... <laughs> <laughs> done, move that's on. It, that's all that happened. Yeah, yeah, done. Right, off we go. Um, on the, in the lineup, I think we'd obviously we'd seen a, a fairly decent performance, but um, previously, but in, in the in the lineup, Scannell came in on the left um, for Dean Moxie. Uh, Darren Ambrose started in, in place of Johnny Esther, who you know we're not expecting to get that involved, um, considering how soon he's come back from this broken leg. So it's fair fair enough decision there. Um, and KG came back in for Stuart O'Keefe, which. I kind of expected, and, and in, in many ways, I w- I'd made the point last week, I think, that I think Jednak plays better with KG alongside him than he does with, with O'Keefe. But O'Keefe was my man of the match last time, and, and I was extremely disappointed to see him uh, not rewarded for what was a great performance. To not even be on the bench as well, surprised me. Yeah. Not even on the bench, blimey. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I know he's, he's young and he hasn't played a huge amount of football. Uh, but I think, I, I, again, I, every time we talk about O'Keefe, I'm ne- I've never done the basic research that I keep meaning to do. And that is to look at our results with him in the team. But I am absolutely certain our results with him in the team are, are extremely impressive. Let's just put it that way. Um, so there we go. But, but I'm not, I'm not going to moan too much. I, I, I think 
going with experience and going with a player that you you know you went out and paid some money for is understandable um, from, from Dougie's point of view. And certainly K, KG is a decent player. Um, Don't want to waste well, well it. Do. Although he's you know a lot of people aren't massively impressed with him at the moment. But I mean my my summary of the game that I wrote the day after uh, it says shite game. That's fair enough. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, is that just all over the page? That, is it? Yeah. That's <laughs> one big page. No, that that's my summary of the first and second half. Um, <laughs> it really is. I'm not even lying. It actually is my summary of those first and second oh. half. Um, so I'm actually going to move straight onto the the questions really. And the questions are. Uh, Ben, was it just a bad day at the office? Do you think? Um, oh, it's a difficult question. It was. It was a very lackluster performance. You know, you, you can't argue with that. But there was so much negativity for for a game in which we got three points. The booing at half time was was one thing that I completely didn't agree with. To, to you know, to be at that point, we were nine games unbeaten, and if the if it had stayed the same, it would have been ten games unbeaten. All right, there's a lot of draws in there, but you know, it's it's so much progress from last season, and to be booing is ridiculous. I've seen people calling for Murray said as well, just because he's going through a bit of a, a lean patch. But all strikers have them, so you know there's no need to sell him because he hasn't scored a goal for a few games. But um, yeah, it's, it was disappointing to be honest, and it was a bad day at the office. And you know, we hopefully we will move on from that and and you know start winning games towards the end of the season. But now after the, after the loss on on Saturday, I think we can rule the playoffs out. And in my opinion, it's not a bad thing because you know. Uh, there's no pressure on the team now. We can start blooding in some youngsters and and you know look towards next season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ben. Yeah, I mean the I say the, the kind of you you do expect poor, poor performances every now and then. It's just the nature of football. Um, I think really because when you when I viewed that game, I I, I was sort of I sort of I read back on my tweets from the game on the Homesdale account, and I was sort of thinking they sound a bit negative for, for me. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I, well, obviously you were next to me. You know, I was extremely angry with the first half, anyway. Uh, and it was only really at half time, and I was thinking, sort of thinking to myself, well, mainly after the Dance with the Crystals performance that cheered me up. I was sort of thinking, actually, <laughs> actually, there's another, there's another team playing out here, and they are doing a really good job of stopping us playing because we can't, we can't string two passes together. But it's because they're closing down the right space and they're, they're putting us under a lot of pressure. Actually, while, while I while I remember the Dance with the Crystals. Um, thing that I just mentioned. We did ask if, they, if people could still donate. Yes, you absolutely can. Um, we've been tweeted the links. We'll retweet those later on and try and get them on our, on our threads as well. Do you want uh, me to read it out as well? If you got it to hand. Yeah, it's com forward slash sponsor forward slash dance with the crystals. But I'll retweet it now as well so everybody can see it. Fantastic. So if you haven't donated yet, believe me, it is worth your money and, and, I, and I will be doing so as soon as the show is over. Um... Because I keep forgetting because I'm an idiot. I'll dig into my pockets <laughs> with a little money I have. Yeah. Um, okay, well, look, that's that's the sort of general consensus of whether or not it was a bad day at the office. Um, we accept it was, and, and like I say, there is another side to it. Barnsley, Barnsley did play spoiling tactics. They weren't really... I can't recall too many chances for them. I don't know if you can recall anything, Ben. But um, No, not that I can think of. No, but I mean, we didn't have much either, so it's not really... Um, not really a case in point, but yeah, disappointing though. It was it was very very disappointing for the majority of that match. And I think, well, let, let's just go back to those boos. When you're when you're when you you're when you're a supporter of a football club, you really should have 
some degree of, of perspective. I know it's an emotional game. In my, this is just my opinion, by the way. So you can tell me I'm wrong. You can email, phone in, whatever. Tell me I'm an idiot. Actually, don't phone in and tell me I'm an idiot. I will get upset. But um, I, I, this, yeah, my opinion is if you're a supporter of a football club and, and you're proud of the support of, of your football club, which we are, aren't we? We're all proud of Crystal Palace as a football club. We are, yes. we are. Why are you laughing, Ben? Because I've just I've just looked up the match stat match stats and apparently they had uh, thirteen shots on target. <laughs> really? What? <laughs> yeah, that must have been so. that must have been another game because I don't they, know, I don't know. After everybody had gone home, they came out and started kicking balls. <laughs> <in> the <afternoon. laughs> just started yeah, firing them at Spiro. Oh, no, anyway. Sorry, sorry. Thirteen hey. shots, six on target. Sorry, six on target. Don't oh. remember any of those. I must have been asleep or something. But um. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, as the point I'm making is, if you if you're, we're we're all proud of our support of Crystal Palace. We love what what's been done. You know, the work the HF do. Um, we love the fact that we, you know, when the when when the team needs it, we get behind them, and and we've been doing that in in previous games as well. So to to meet to sort of get to half time and and be met with booze, I just I couldn't. It was not that long ago that people were all over both message boards, slagging off West Ham for booing them off at half time. Um, mm-hmm. When it was nil nil, that is the exact same thing. So how can you? You can't on one hat. You can't have it all. You can't say, you know, West Ham fans don't. You know they've lost touch. They think they're bigger than big now. Blah 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 blah. And then boo off because we're not beating Barnes. Two faced. It's it's wrong. I, yes yes, you would love to be entertained at a football match, but I've always had a problem with this concept that that you're buying a ticket to be entertained. You, you're not. You're not. It's a sport. You're buying a ticket to watch two teams compete to win a game of football. It's not. It's not because just because Sky tell you it's all about entertainment, it doesn't mean it is. <laughs> it's the same as you go and watch a f- game of football down a park. You're two two teams are trying to win a game of football, and whether you like it or not, that, that's up to you. But you don't boo someone off for trying to win a game of football, or to try and even to try and avoid being defeated at a game of football, if that's what they deem is best. Your your role there is. Is if you you, know, you decide whether or not you like watching live football, that's it's not it's not a ticket doesn't mean that the people have to conform to your ideals. And that, that's my big deal with, with it. I really, as you can tell, really get annoyed about it. Um, I can, and, and that's not to say that I don't think there's a big point to be made about entertaining football, and that I don't think we should be attacking more. Of course, I do. Uh, I was bored, absolutely bored out of my mind at Barnsley, and I uh, against Barnsley. Sorry. And that answer. But, um, that doesn't, I don't have a sense of entitlement about it. I'm just disappointed. Um, and, and I wanted us to play. I want to play, want to see us play better football. I want to be entertained more. But I just, so you go I'm there not... to support the club, don't you? Exactly. I, mean, I, I want to know how many fans of those who did boo at the end of the game cheered on the team and clapped them off the pitch because we won. <laughs> yeah. How well, many I that... did that? I know that I that got on on the nerves of a few, few of the um sorry say a few of the people that booed. They actually said, "Well, you know, I, I was upset, and I was even more upset when people clapped that rubbish off." And that's well, yeah. hang on a second, you you clap people. Some of the times you're clapping someone off to say you did you played well. Some of the yeah. time you're clapping them off to say, "Come on, you can do better," or you're clapping them off to give them a bit of encouragement and say, "We know you're trying." It's not all about what you've just seen. Sometimes it's about what you want to see, but. I think it's extremely frustrating. I, I think I don't like the, the mentality. I don't understand why you would go to a football match. I don't, I don't understand people who go to a football match just to shout and abuse each other. But I really don't understand why you'd go to a football match to uh, and believe that you have an entitlement to see something 
that fits your exact criteria of a football match. It's bizarre. It really it's is. It's not bizarre. possible, is it? You can't go to a game expecting something and expecting to happen. I mean, yesterday uh, I was expecting a Palace win. I got that completely wrong, but I don't think I've had a crap and get so pissed off in my team that, you know, it's just, don't start booing them. It's not right. Mm. No, absolutely right, mate. Um, just noticed Jerry has um, put a, uh, a message on Facebook here. Reasons to be proud of supporting Red and Blue since CBC 2010 took over. Buying Selhurst Park for reuniting it with the, reuniting it with the club. Uh, first time in the quarter final of a century. Uh, no, hang on. First time in the quarter of a quarter of a century. Uh, <laughs> I'm confused. So uh, reuniting Selhurst with the club for the first time in a quarter of a century. It's a comma that was misplaced that confused my brain. Uh, allegedly turning down seven million from Bolton from Zahar, regaining great respect in the football media and gradually making more competitive as a professional club. Our owners have invested a lot into the club. Otherwise, all of the above is fantasy. Just because there is a resource don't mean we have to use it now. I mean, for the first time in years, the infrastructure is, represents real assets for the supporters uh, to believe that a change for the better and brighter and more sustainable present and future hopefully awaits and i mean i think yeah it's a very good summary from, from jerry nice as, as always really um you sorry we've got a tweet benjamin yes from liam on twitter who's mm. cpsc uh and he's tweeted about the about the uh, booing he said joke you can't play well every game teams make it difficult for us look how far we've come and they have the cheek to boo yeah, and again, yeah, it sort of reinforces the point really that there is another team out there, and I think I don't want to get. I don't. The trouble is, you, you you get caught because whichever side of the fence you sit on, you, you end up going to sort of extremes if you like to prove your point. And when the reality is, most people who are um, most people who who have booed and who have got angry actually do understand all of those things about football, but they're just letting off an emotional response. And by the same token, those people like like myself who who believe in you know keeping things positive and supporting the team doesn't mean that I don't understand that there are there are things that we need to do and ways that we need to improve because I do understand that. Um, I just happen to believe in in the current setup at the club achieving that as as they've indicated they will. So mm. that's that's where I, I sit on that one. Um, I've got similar views as well from uh, Lee Ward, who said, "I think the Boo Boys need to remember the past two seasons where we struggled against relegation compared to a mid-table finish this year, which mm. just reinforces everything that's been said." So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well raised from Lee there. I, I again, um, I don't know. I know people get frustrated about us constantly harping back onto to what happened in the last couple of seasons. But I, I still feel personally it's a bit arbitrary to start drawing a line and saying you can't look back, you can only look forward and all that sort of stuff when a lot of the proof... And I was talking to... Um, I post on uh, Homestyle's Money for Nothing, it's uh, Craig, who I met up at Derby, he's a, he's a good lad. But um, we, we sort of don't agree on on a couple of points relating to this. And um, you know, he, he's a bit more demanding than I am. He believes we're better than, than we, we're showing. I mean... Again, so we both want the same thing, but we're both prepared to wait different times to do it and, and have different beliefs about how it's going to happen. But that's what being a football supporter is about. And we can have these discussions on, you know, on whole radio or in the pub or on the terraces or whatever. And terraces, show me age, don't have any terraces. <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? That, that's what it's all about. What it's not about is, is allowing that to, to sort of shade your judgment, if you like, and to start abusing your team. Because we've seen, over the last two seasons, that togetherness with the with the with the football club and supporters is is, is the way forward. It's it's how mm. it's how you start enjoying things more. It's how you, you start feeling more part of a club, and you start, you know. And we've we've seen it 
affect even affect things on the pitch and any footballer will tell you like that that having supporters who are behind you all the time makes you makes you feel more relaxed and makes you feel better about about what you're doing so i think i think we we have a power to influence things and if we're going to use that power we better not use it to to alienate ourselves from the from the players once more um okay well that's kind of diverged from the point i was going to make on these but it's, it's good that we got there um there was a couple of other little bits and pieces I want to talk about. Scammell was um, was very good in that game. Um, I, I felt I think he was very direct. We didn't. I don't think we got him on the ball enough. But he was one of the one of the few that was prepared to to have a real go, run at players, and, and take a shot. Now a lot of people say, you know, he's not because we. Well, I think we're spoiled when we see sort of dance past four players. Because Scannell's not that type of player. Um, but I was extremely impressed with with how he how he really did. Um, ben, is any any of those seven tweets in the last two minutes that you want to? I mean, seven tweets on fire. We're getting we're getting a lot of stuff about the booing. To just yeah. to really quickly go back to that, um, do you want me to read a couple? Yeah, yeah, go for it. One slightly different point from from Brad Cab says okay. uh, fans are looking for us to up the ante attacking wise. Real points total now can't defend so much next season. So I'm not sure he's he's condoning the booing, but he's he's saying why they're doing it really. And uh, Dave Carr said, "Do people who boo us expect? Sorry, do people who boo expect us to go from relegation battle to playoff challenges in one season? Friedman isn't a magician." And then Andrew Rayner said, "It's not on to boo your own team, and hardly encouraging for the players. I think it's naff, personally." Mm. So lots well, yeah. of people saying that we shouldn't be booing, and then and then yeah. a couple that are that, there is are a good why. point from from Brad there. You know, again, it's, it's the point I'm making is that there is people have a right to to start saying well you know you always have a right to to sort of to want something different to want more you always have a right to say that but it's the way you express it that's different i think we're trying to get across now we we will come to the point of being more attacking when we review the derby game so i think i'll I'll leave that to them but we'll, we'll come back to that concept the concept of us you know loosening the shackles somewhat and actually going going and winning a football match even though we've won plenty but you know you know a point i'm trying to make but um anyway i was just saying i was impressed with scan i wanted to talk also about kg in in that game um he did he got an assist when he got forward um he did there was a comedy moment which again one of the few highlights of the game really where he basically was out on the right wing i think it was he fell over um, which was found it quite amusing in itself. He was trying to change direction, just fell over, and then a, a, a Barnsley player fell over him, and KG had a free kick <laughs> against him. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how that actually works. That two so, people who are unable to keep themselves upright for some reason. Um, I'm not sure how one fouls the other, but there we go. That, I thought that was quite entertaining. But um, he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't great. But one one thing that stuck in my mind was. Um, there's a, there was a guy behind me who was shouting at the team to, to get forward and stop sitting so deep. So, I mean, literally the, the statement after shouting, get forward, get forward. He, he shouted, KG, you're playing at defensive midfield or what are you doing up there? Um, it, I just, you know, I'm, that's the sort of thing that frustrates me, to be quite honest with you. We need, the whole point of the formation is we need players like KG to, to, to break the shackles and get forward in support of the front players. That's kind of, that's where we it's where we beat Birmingham from if you remember that game KG you know it was said after the game that he was told by Dougie to actually get himself forward um and he got ahead and he got us a goal um Aaron you wanted to make a quick point about KG indeed KG <clears throat> he's impressed me a lot this season uh, let's not forget he is an international player for South Africa and appeared at the World Cup mm. the, every time he's gotten forward 
He's looked very good. I think he's more of a on-the-ball player than Yedinak is. And the majority of the time when he's got forward, he's had a chance. And he's also scored a few goals this season. So, yes, you might ask, why is he up there? But he's up there for a good reason. is to get in there and cause a threat, which he can do. And I've seen him yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my problem is he probably doesn't do it enough. Um, and yeah. that, that's, that was the same... It's the same when O'Keefe played, played in that position. It, he well, he did get up there, but he didn't seem to have the confidence to sort of push on any further and get get a strike on a goal or anything like that. But m- my point is that's what we need. That's the next step for me. I've been saying a few times that the next step is getting getting us shifting. So we're not having two sitting and one in front. You're getting risk. one sitting and two in front and getting more support up to M- Murray or, or Easter, whoever it might be up there. Mm. Um, Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, and on, on that subject, Martin and Murray really did struggle together against Barnsley. Um, we'll, again, we'll, we'll probably talk about them against uh, and Derby. We'll come back to that. So um, I felt we missed Wilf Zaha, really. But <coughs> I think that's going to be true of any team, certainly at this level, and potentially half the teams at the level above. Because Wilf is the one who, you know, if you're struggling, you can give him the ball and he can, he can create something out of nothing. Or at least give the opposition something else to think about and create space for other people I think we were too predictable it was too easy to sort of defend against us if you like but we went out and we won that game so we you know we, we were, sit, we're, sit, yeah, we're sitting here talking negatively about a football match that we went out and won um, <laughs> and you sometimes if you play it awful and it's an awful game of football and you get three points that's a real positive um, let's look at it that way anyway but I mean that was undeserved it was a win it took us to within six points of Birmingham at the time um, and the question was how would we get on against Derby um, and we'll come to that well I say now I'm not going to say now immediately because there's a, there's a few tweets that we might I don't know how many of those we've got through really Benjamin um, um, yeah most of the ones we've got through really about the most getting a lot about booing so yeah yeah so we've got this uh, so we'll go back to these so we've got Lee, uh, Lee Ward earlier on said that he felt we performed well yesterday that's, that's yesterday is that Derby yeah yeah oh bloody hell you put that in the wrong place you told me that before the show and they're all all these ones are about Derby Chris I hate you so much Ben he's made do it easy do, do you want me to read a few out Chris yeah well let me just make it clear we're now talking about <laughs> Palace versus Derby <laughs> Um, which obviously ended 3-2 to Derby. I'll, I'll run you through the... Um, in fact, what I'll do, let's talk about the team first of all. Um, and then we'll, we'll have a quick summary of the game, and then we'll go immediately go to the tweets before we talk about the, the talking points that I've thought of. Um, okay. Yeah, is that all right? <laughs> sounds like a plan. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of a plan anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so obviously, Jules started in goal. Kleiner, uh, right back. Par at left back. Um 
McCarthy Gardner partnership in the middle at a settled back four. So you're not expecting that settled back four to, to concede three goals is my first thought really. Um, once again went with, with Darren Ambrose who completed 90 minutes which is um, it's not usual for him. So good to see in some ways although he was, uh, wasn't was massively effective for most of the game. But um, but as we'll come to when the key moments he is he is effective he does show his class um, KG started alongside Jedinak um, Sean Scannell played played sort of wide left but coming in to support the attack and then we had Murray and Martin um, Murray did, had a had a much much better game and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while so I mean Moxie made the bench um, a bit concerned he came on at half time but a bit concerned to see him not feature more regularly I, I always again I think we talked about this before Ben certainly think we talked about it at Barnsley that we're expecting Parr to have a rest mm, um, yeah definitely he's played over 70 games this season so yeah. in my opinion he's a bit of a hero for playing that many but yeah maybe time to give him a rest Moxie is more than capable so yeah I think I mean they didn't I have to be completely fair to, to Parr Darby didn't get a lot from his side of the pitch um, so I guess that's possibly why Dougie's uh, sticking with him that he is he is a consistent level of performance. It just, I just think logically he can't, he can't be at his best to have played that number of games. But mm. you know, he's over that. He's an extremely physically fit lad. So well, he's still getting man of the match performance, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's he pretty, is. it's absolutely insane. To be honest with you, uh, one hundred and ten percent every game. <laughs> well, he can't actually do that, Aaron. Hundred <laughs> well, percent, you know, maximum. Just, I'm just saying. Don't get technical with me, Hammer. <laughs> um, let me just give you a quick summary of what happened. Uh, both, yeah, it was, this is mainly from my memory, so I was quite happy with this. Um, the setup of both teams was was the same formation, and we're seeing that again uh, quite a lot this season. Most teams are playing with the one up front, and the and the sort of the difference sometimes seems to be that uh, that is the amount of support that, that that lone striker gets if you like and Derby did that in a, in a very different way which I'll talk about in a sec but um, the, the, the main difference is that they got that early goal um, they supported their front man better from out wide they had a lot more energy in that first half than we did and certainly first part of the second half um, so the, the goal came from some good play by Derby they, they're out wide there's a slight deflection on the cross from Theo Robinson uh, it meant it, it fell to Davies in the box he was I wouldn't say he was unmarked but there wasn't he, he was in a gap between the the centre backs and I think that's lazy in my opinion you, you know one of them should be marking him and he just had an easy job to sort of side foot it in um, and Sproni had no real chance to get there and you know it was six minutes into the game and we we're, were a goal down it was very disappointing uh, especially considering the number of people that had made the trip but it didn't didn't hear much from Derby in terms of celebrating it over the, the noise that we were making. So it didn't really have an effect on on the day that we were having. So, um, the, I mean, again, we weren't really in the game after that for a, for a period of time at all, really. A real slow start from us, real sluggish and, and again, struggling to, to put many passes together. Uh, the second goal, however, was, I, I think, should, should never have, have happened the way it happened. Uh, Glenn Murray was fouled outward. Fouled, I nearly said. Dear, oh dear. He was fouled out wide, and the um, referee played the advantage. Um, KG had the ball, uh, but he had no options to sort of pass it anywhere. And, uh, yeah, lost the ball. Um, from that, there was a, a cross came into the box, and Speroni uncharacteristically made an error, um, punched it weakly out straight to, to Hendrick, who, who just effectively side-foot volleyed it into the net, and, and they hadn't really done any work, and they were 2-0 up. So... Um, so and pretty much we the, the we had no real way back in for the rest of that half, um, and and it was it was comfortable for Derby at two 0 
uh, start of the second half, you were looking for a response, and what did we get? We got we got a penalty given against us. I need to see it again. Um, it was a, it was the aw- an awful time to concede, but I couldn't tell you whether it was handball or not because of the uh, distance between us and it. So um, I've seen it on on the football league show, and I I personally thought, it, although it was quite far away, it did look like a, a penalty in my opinion. But yeah. then we've had we've had a tweet in from uh, from Richard Green who said just seen Gardner's handball yesterday on the football league show. Thought it was harsh initially. Now seen it was a ludicrous decision. I don't know if he means ludicrous decision from the referee or from uh, from Gardner <laughs> to handball it. So. Yeah, well, I hope I think he, he means, means Gardner. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was hoping he means it was a ludicrous refereeing decision. But um, <laughs> but there we go. I mean, it was given. I mean, you can't really you can't really help that. Um, and obviously at two 0 already. Yes, it's it's three 0 and it's a kill, killer in effect. But uh, and and with hindsight, obviously we ended we ended the game with it mattering quite considerably. So. In that sense, it's pretty disappointing, but you know you, you kind of make your own luck at times, and, and we're up until that point we hadn't deserved any better. So I've got mixed feelings about that. But um, anyway, we we sort of we we got going as a team around the hour mark, I would say. Um, started actually being able to put some passes together, a bit of movement. I think basically at half time the, the substitutions are bringing on Moxie for um, oh my brain's gone. Williams came on for. Oh. <laughs> I've actually huh? written this down somewhere, haven't I? Yeah, Danak. No, no, you you've got to choose at least one of ten. Sorry, Williams Cano, he was who was injured. And again, he was probably our bright spark in that first half, but he was injured. Um, and Moxie came on for Yedinak at half-time, who, had, who was also injured. So anyway, I think they had basically started to settle, and particularly Williams had started to um, have an influence, if you like, uh, really started to put some... Uh, some decent passes uh, around in that middle there, and a link between the midfield and and the front. So I think people were certainly, you know, the team were looking a lot stronger around the hour mark, and eventually a bit of pressure worked. And um, I think it was, I think well, it came from a, a pass back from Derby that the keeper had, seemed to handle for no reason. Wondering what that was. Yeah, they just sort of the keeper just sort of picked up and went what, and Murray nicked it off him and. Yeah. Passed it. Oh, yeah, exactly. I haven't watched the highlights. I mean, I saw it at the time. I haven't watched the highlights yet. Um, the pass back, did it make any sense, guys? <laughs> oh, no, I, I watched the highlights. I watched the highlights and I didn't understand what was happening. So no, The keeper's no, I'm, just I'm sort of sure. picked up the ball and just looked at the ref. Murray's taking it off him, placed in front of Martin, and he's put it in. No idea yeah, what yeah. happened. And I don't I don't, I don't understand why, why the keeper handled it. it was, that was my, the point I was trying to make. Obviously, yeah, Glenn Murray's quick thinking. Grabbed the ball off the keeper, put it down, Seifert to Martin, expected it not to be given, frankly, but um, with, in keeping with the referee's performance. But I don't know, maybe a bit of guilt in his mind. Um, and that's how stand. Again, in some ways, I think Martin was lucky for it to actually go in. I think possibly the finish could have been a bit better. But there we are. Missed. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I took, took forever for that ball to hit the back of the net. But anyway, so we weren't we'll expecting too much when that went in, to be honest with you. It was just nice to see a goal that sort of like took took some of the depression off the uh, the occasion. But, you know, credit to the lads. They, they didn't let the situation looking hopeless get to them. And they just and we just came straight back at Derby. Uh, their fans had been quiet all game and then that didn't change when they were 3-0 up and it didn't change when they were they were 3-1 down. Um, but anxiety sort of seemed to creep into the team, if you like. Um, whereas we got louder and, and you know, more supportive. Uh, they got nothing from their fans and I think it had an effect on the game. Um, so from the, you know, it was a fantastic passing move really um, for our second, and, and Ambrose again, like I said earlier, showed his showed his class really, edge of the box, nice right foot, it's uh, finish into the corner, and, and what I would argue we probably had chances to um to, to get that equalizer, 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 oh god, equalizer, 
<laughs> have a complete meltdown on the word equalizer. You need a drink, man. You always perform better. Well, that's true, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the summary of the game. We didn't quite have enough time, and, and we didn't we didn't perform well enough to actually win, so or, or to even get that draw. Um, uh, I want to go to uh, Serial Thrillers just emailed us, and that's always entertaining. Um, but I'm not he reading talk, that. talk about his Derby experience, so I'm going to have a quick <laughs> read through it uh, while I'm talking. But um, I think if, if I sort of want to talk back through the key points, guys, and if anything sort of occurs to you, or, 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 and then just, just uh, you know... Do you want me to go through these tweets? Oh, if you've got a load, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Lee Ward says, felt we performed well yesterday, although Paddy and Gardner didn't have the best of games. Derby second shouldn't have stood as Murray got fouled. But also I thought Murray had one of his better games. And a big shout out for the noise CPFC made up there. Uh, Liam says Murray is a, such is much sorry. Murray is a better player when Williams plays. Murray needs the ball to his feet, not in the air. Also, I think Martin needs a rest. Dave Carr said that he really enjoyed the uh, Palace on tour day. Probably his last Palace game of the season as he's living in Manchester. Great support despite the loss. He don't he doesn't think they deserve three 0 but it was a decent fight back. Mm. Uh, and that's that's what I've got so far. No, that's fair enough. Any other thoughts on the uh, on the game yesterday? Just tweet or email or something. I've, talking of which, I've got. Um, I've got Cyril Thriller's Derby experience. I've read through it. It's nothing too sinister, although it possibly contains, nothing, contains at least one lie from my from my um, my knowledge. He says, uh, "Evening, all. It's nice to meet some fellow holers like Mark, who was knocking back the lagers on the train up there." There's a surprise. <laughs> Vanessa and uh, a quick game too. That's Paul. Uh, he says, "I decided to try and get to the ground early to soak up the atmosphere. However, it all went a bit tits up. I saw a sign to the ground, so we went in the vague direction. Ended up crossing a bridge that led to a warehouse." Cut a long story short, I walked along what I found to be what I found to be a dirt motorbike track, narrowly escaping with my life intact. Went through a quarry, <laughs> then a building site, before climbing over a gate next to, next to an electricity genera- generator. Listening to David Bowie on my iPod added to what must be one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had en route to watch Palace. Well, apart from that time, I found Pete the Eagle and Kayla in a field in Doncaster enjoying each other's company. And that's a story for another time. So definitely at least <laughs> one line there. Um... Ben, do you want to read out that tweet you just said there? Yeah, Richard Green, Richard Green says uh, that he froze the frame when he was watching the Gardner handball and there's clearly no deflection from Gardner's hand. The striker headed it off for a goal kick. So, oh, cheers for that, Richard. That, yeah, so disappointing. Very disappointing. Let's say it was, with hindsight as well, it's, it's a key moment in the game. Um, Damn that, ref. Yeah. yeah, well, we've we've had it rough from referees this year, I think it's fair to say. I know every team will probably claim the same, but... I honestly can't recall a season like it for refereeing incompetence, uh, mm. and, and it seems to be on the increase, frankly, um, in it just season by season. So very, very disappointing. Um, I was going to talk about uh, Kwesi Apaya's uh, performance off the bench, and, and we've had a email in from Andy Adams who asked the question, do we think Apaya should start on Tuesday alongside Murray? Um, I actually think Apaya, certainly and with Scannell being out, this becomes even more of a valid point. I, I think Apaya is exactly the type of player that would work very well alongside Murray. It would, would create Murray some space for a start. Um, but he's, he's a, just, he seems to be a very, very talented player. I was expecting from, from his goal record and never having seen him play, I was expecting a guy who just, you know, sort of kind of sits in that, that penalty area and gets his foot on the ball and finishes it, you know, a little bit like a Clinton Morrison sort of type of thing. It's a top but, striker. But, but really? what we've got, in fact, is, is a player who's, who's got much more ability than that. Um, he's sort of, a couple of times he's come off the bench, he's played a bit deeper in, in the Chris, sort of Mark, Chris Martin area, uh, and, and performed admirably. Some nice flicks, um, and as I say, he's direct. Um, I'm not against giving him a chance. I, I, 
you know starting a game i think perhaps he's from the development point of view and you know a logic point of view maybe his best bet is to come off the bench and try and affect a game when when players are tired especially as he's not been a professional um particularly long although i think earlier in his career he had a spell at peterborough as a professional but but dropped into the non-league game but certainly he's got an adjustment to make from having you know a day job and playing football part-time so that's possibly why he won't start but Every time I see him, he, he looks like he's got he's got something. Let's put it that way. He's got ability ability to play at this level, I believe. Um, so that's my thoughts on on Apaya there. Um, again, I'd like, like to hear from anyone else if they've got any comments at home. Just tweet and let us know. Um, yeah. Uh, any questions occur to you guys yet? While well, I'm looking, they haven't, have they? Um, no, I've, I've that, got a question. Right. I, I thought of one. Um, how would we say Williams and Murray working together with Williams playing in the hole where Martin would play? You know, Williams being the quick and energetic player is, I feel we could definitely get a ball through to Murray, could definitely finish him. What do we think on that? Well, that is kind of, well, we've certainly talked about that issue before where, where Murray looked a better player with Williams in the side. But when Williams came on and played in the position that Jednak had been playing and, and Martin stayed on the pitch for, you know, for the whole of that second half, mm. what we actually saw was, Williams doing um, a slightly more, a slightly deeper role, if you like, and still achieving results. I think Williams is exactly the sort of player that that Murray needs behind yeah. him, because Murray, he, well, if we're not going to get crosses in, we're going to need to be very, very accurate with our passing. And Williams is by far and away the the strongest passer and, and the most creative passer that that is currently featuring in the first team squad. Certainly yeah. Garvin is, is, is a talented passer of the ball as well, but he doesn't have the energy and enthusiasm that Williams has. Um, and, and, you know, Williams lifts the team and he lifts the crowd. And you don't really get that with, with Aaron Garvin. So I think, yeah, you're, you're right to bring that. And uh, well, you, you're leading me down the right way back on track in the, the Murray actually had a very good game. He was certainly my man of the match. Um, if I'm not allowed to count the palace fans, uh, but <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> but um, yeah, he had, a, he had a strong game. He wasn't supported very well again, uh, and that's been the complaint pretty much um, the last few weeks. But well, pretty much all season, in all fairness. And so, in in that sense, it could have been forgiven perhaps for um, for having a similar similar issues as, as he usually does. But no, he he really really worked hard, and and again didn't really get any luck in terms of a chance creation or anything like that. But what he did have. Um, was was the quickness of mind at, at that moment to still be to, to take that free kick and give Martin that chance and to still be, you know, alive to a situation when we're three 0 down and we're, in, we're entering to, towards the last sort of ten minutes of the game, if you like. Aaron, you wanted to make a quick point. Mm, yeah, Murray is a. I think Murray's a striker who needs a service. He's not a striker who can create his own chance. If you look, like, take Andy Johnson for example, when he was playing for Palace, he could create a chance by himself because he had blistering pace. Murray doesn't have that. He works hard, but he can't really get that far in terms of pace-wise. So he needs a player who can play in the balls through. Now, looking back, and I hate to say it, Brighton, who passed the ball well and fed balls into him, he was scoring loads of goals. Mm. If we can do that, then I'm certainly we'll see him score into the double figures. Yeah, mm. no, it's a, it's a good point, and that that's kind of where we where we need to, what we need to sort of discuss really with, with this derby game and what it shows us. Um, we only started creating. When we when we went for it at the end. Now, I am someone who has defended the system that we play, um, and I and I do believe in it. I do believe it's probably got the best results 
um, yeah. out of out of the squad that we've got. But there, there comes a time where you become predictable, and there comes a time where every week the opposition and I know exactly what you're going to do and we do vary it sort of week by week on, on how things work and you've seen a lot of people like against Do- uh, Barnsley people change positions you ended up with Murray on the right wing with Scannell through the centre uh, Dougie was asked about why he did that and he said it was because he wanted Scannell to push their defence back and give Ambrose and Murray a chance to get in the game didn't really work but those, that's the sort of thinking you get but it's all variants within that same system and sometimes mm-hmm. you've just got to accept. I, you know, we could all say realistically after after 20 minutes that what we were doing was not working. I, I, and I think, you know, I don't want to criticise too heavily, but I think it, it, that is a fair comment. I think it was not working after 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, we could have made that formation shift, if you like. Um, and we didn't do it till late on. And as as it panned out, we we scored two goals and very nearly. Got something out of the game, so I'd, I'd, again, and I, I would have been even if we'd got a draw, I'd still would I'd still be disappointed in, in some ways, and I still would say we we showed how to play against Derby. We showed how to play against Derby once we'd let them get three 0 up on us, and, and that was a disappointing mm. thing, Aaron. Yeah, we, I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I also defend the way we play. We we built in the back. We focus on having a strong defence. You take Swansea last season, they did exactly the same thing and look where they got in. They didn't score many goals, they didn't let him in. Unfortunately for us, occasionally it lets slip. But we definitely built on the back. We got a good passing game. We go from the defence to the midfield, we then get the balls into the strikers. I think we just need to keep on focusing on keeping those passes accurate, working hard when we're not on the ball, and getting those balls into the strikers, especially more crossing. But unfortunately, there's only one player I've seen who can put a cross in, that's Darren Ambrose, especially from his set pieces. We need that someone else who can do it. You've got Wilfred Zahar, great skill, but he doesn't really put a cross in. He looks to come inside into the box, either side balls in or have a go. We just need to keep on getting the service to the strikers. Mm. That's a fair point, mate. I, yeah, I, Again, some of these things are easier said than done, I think. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's, it, it kind of rely, this kind of relies on it's one of those things the alternative to to a situation that you didn't get a good result out of always seems like it would have been the right thing doesn't it if you yeah. say if you if you look at a defeat so we lost a game three two oh it's easy to say oh we should have attacked more okay so but the result of sh- we should have attacked more could e- easily have been losing eight nil we, yeah. exaggeration isn't it but i'm, I'm mm. just making the point like you know but what i would say is the evidence with hindsight at the end of the game, pointed to that Derby were weaker when you put them under the right sort of pressure in the right areas, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And we kind of learned that throughout the game, and when we had learned it, it was too late. But I think it just shows that we actually, it was only when we relaxed that we were able to kind of do that. There wasn't a massive shift in, you know, there were some substitutions, but it wasn't a shift in personnel that did it, really. It was no. just, it was just a different, it was just, you know, we, the game, the game had kind of gone. So the players thought, well, I'm not under pressure anymore to, to go out and get this win. The win's gone, so I'm just going to play my yeah. game and do as well as I can. It and showed like we had the ability. It, had, it showed that we have the ability to go forward and play nice, flowing football. Mm. I haven't seen that in many occasions because we have often been nervous of not trying to lose the game. And we yeah. really should be going out there thinking, let's not lose, let's go out and win and get those three points and play the football we know yeah. we can do. Well, yeah, and I think that's where, what we're on the cusp of. And that's what a lot of people who are being accused of moaning are saying. Um, again, I think some people are, are over the top with it and some people yeah. are, 
uh, uh, kind of uh, I'm not grateful of, of what we've got. Um, I think that some people's expectations have, have raised much, much too quickly. I think Dougie touched on that point himself in his in his column in the Croydon Advertiser, and, mm. and he, he accepts criticism, but but some people have kind of well, he referred specifically to the booing, I think, and, and some people have kind of forgotten exactly where well, where yeah. we come from and why it, and why it is still relevant. Um, I yeah, look, I mean, I, don't want to keep coming back to the booing, but that's that's kind of the embodiment of what we're talking about here. We all want to get to that position where not only have we got good results, but we're also we've also got um, you know a, a strong performance each week that's that's actually entertaining people. So yeah, well, it, yeah, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, I'm just saying that's that's kind of that's the yeah that's the aim, isn't it? the ultimate aim is to both entertain. And to um and to get those results at the moment, I I said it on, on the boards. I don't think no matter what people say in the country, I do not think that if we were playing well and having poor results, that people would would accept that. Okay, mm. I think it's much easier and much less damaging both sh- you know short term and long term. If you're going to have to because of your situation, if you're going to have to go on one side, which is results or performances. You're gonna, you've always got to go with results, and I think that's the only way to look at it. And that's that's People where I've got carried away. Because you look at the start we had, we were up in the top six for quite a while, and we were playing really good. Yeah, thought. I think yeah, some I people got carried away, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I, Dave. You've got a thought on this, Ben, but I don't, I don't think Brighton's performances have, have helped things. I think people look at Brighton, you know, our big main rivals, putting good runs together, and, and you know, they're right up there in the playoffs now. And I think that kind of focuses people's minds a little bit what do you, don't know if you think that Ben yeah coming up from from League One obviously Brighton are a team that we expected to finish ahead of um, you know and Millwall as well obviously Millwall are right down the bottom after after quite a good season last season but I don't think we should be comparing ourselves to a team like Brighton who are doing quite well because you know at the moment we're, we're coming up short as as much as we hate to say it um, but we're well, our own team so we need to be focusing on us really yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we are coming up short in terms of, of results, certainly, with, with, on Brighton. And, and again, they play a certain style, but then they've had a while to build it in some ways. They have invested money uh, that we haven't. Um, we've kind of been, we've been kind of struggling to scrape pennies together while they've been, um, been splashing out on facilities and players. But also, by the same token, we've shown when we've played them that we're better. If you know oh, what I mean. Definitely, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've put them in their place when we've actually played them. And, I think that that's the sort of thing that sticks in people's minds. That, but there's a, you know, there's one game, and then there's over the course of the season. And over the course of the season, we're not we're not quite there yet. Um, and, but I think people feel, feel we would be if we if we just went for it. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's the case. And I think we we owe the respect sort of to, to certainly to Dougie Freeman. We owe we owe the respect to to say that he's he's the one best place to make that decision, whether or not we're we're better be, best place to do it that way. Um, I just want to read his comments actually about the booing just to sort of end that off. Uh, he says uh, I was a little, little disappointed with some of the boos the team got when we went off at the break against Barnsley. You aren't going to play your best in every game, but we kept on going on Tuesday. Fans have got to remember that these players have been through a lot this season. People's expectations have probably risen because of our good run. I feel towards the end of the Tuesday's game, the fans responded to how the team were playing and could see the team has a winning mentality. Um, and it, yeah, again, I think specifically the, the the HF were superb at the end. Uh, well, certainly the whole way through the Barnsley game, but it was noticeable at the end that they did not stop singing, did not stop their their sort of support in the team. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know. You can't really say how much of a direct effect that has, but that to me is, is the right attitude and... Yeah, continued on uh, in, in Palace on tour day too. Um, yeah, I mean that's 
Yeah, I think yeah, we've kind of been dominated by the the issue over booing this sort of in, in both reviews. Really, uh, there was certainly no booing uh, against Derby, and we got a worse result. Uh, and in many ways, you know, we certainly the overall performance was better, and we ended up without a, without a win. So I, I don't know. Scored two goals and lost a game, you know, and didn't didn't keep a clean sheet and lost a game. That's You'd rather go down three two, scoring yeah. two goals and going down one nil. Well, yeah, yeah, but by the to- but the same token, would you rather you'd rather see us grind out a nil nil or win one nil than lose three two? So I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all much of a muchness. You can't really, I don't know. I, I all I would say is it, kind of like the results of, of the opposite of each other. We didn't play particularly differently in either in either game. Really, we were a bit. We well, we made mistakes at the back against Derby that we didn't make against Barnsley, and mm. the end result. But you can see the end. Well, the end result is if we don't keep it tight. It's, you know, I, I think I think again we don't want to focus too much on on just these two games. I think over the course of the season we've been very very strong at the back, uh, and we have and we just simply haven't scored enough goals to be challenging at the right end of the table in, in any meaningful way. Um, that's it. It gives us a good place place to improve. It's it's clear. It's nice and clear. There's the no. It's, yeah, exactly. There's no. Oh, how the hell are we going to get ourselves out of this situation? How the hell are we going? We know what we need to do. We need to build on what we've got at the back, and we need to start getting more support forward without, without um, sort of uh, leading to any weakness of the back appearing. So, how to do that is the, is the real question. That's where where Dougie and the team earn their money, really. So, um, exactly. yeah. Overall, overall though, it was a great day out, and, and I know I say I know everyone who went would probably have had a great day as well. Um, shame about the result. I think Palace on tour day one and two have both been defeats, but um, it's a shame really the way that works out. But um, <laughs> I'd certainly encourage you to get involved next year. If you didn't get involved this year, it's I, I can, there's a lot of people who are on their first away game. I ran into a fair few people, and I can apologise for just how drunk I was and how much red wine there was <laughs> all over me. Um, there was an incident with a speed bump on the minibus. All right, we went over a speed bump, but quite a significant pace, and I ended up coated in the red wine I was drinking, which in a white sash shirt is very embarrassing. But anyway, embarrassing um, in any shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing in any shirt. But yeah, there's, there was no denying it. Put it that way. So yeah, it was great to meet various people. And apologies if I was slurring in your general direction or anything. But um, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> so last thing we're going to do for you before we round up anything that we haven't quite discussed in terms of communication is we're going to look at the Doncaster game and the Forest game. Now, Benjamin, I think I yes. gave you the responsibility of looking at a few things about Donny. Nothing sure major, did. but um. You know, strong players and, and recent results. Yeah, their their top scorer is Billy Sharp, <laughs> uh, who <laughs> people will, will know scored twice against them at the weekend for Southampton. So obviously he's not there anymore. He scored 40 times in 82 league appearances for them, so he was prolific. Um, yeah. El Hadjouf is their second highest scorer with six this mm. season, uh, who who I'm not the biggest fan of, to be honest. Uh, oh. got John Oster playing for him as well, who's obviously a well-known sex offender. Can I just clarify? I don't believe he was convicted of any offence. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. Basis, it was alleged. Um, alleged, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah. move on from that. They've got Pascal Chimbonda and Ilunga as well. Who coming over the hill? <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, and <laughs> Fred, Freddie Pickion as well, who is a very good player. Ilunga and Pickion both, obviously West Ham. Mm. Um, and good players, a lot of people that have played in the in the Premier League as well. They've got a, a very good young player in Kyle Bennett as well, who scored five this season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's not bad. They haven't got a bad side to be honest. They yeah. they just drafted in a Lunga again, and he's he's just come back to 
to uh, Doncaster from from West Ham on an initial one month contract because he left and now he's back there again. They haven't won in five games, um, and to be honest, they they're not great. When we last played them in September, it was Dean Saunders' first game in charge for them, and John Oster scored uh, to make it one nil, and it finished yeah. finished like that. And actually, they, from then they haven't been very good at all. It was a bad result at the start of the season, to be honest. They've they've won once this month, um, and that game was against uh, Nottingham Forest six games ago. Fellow strugglers obviously down the bottom again. Uh, they didn't win a game in February and then going back even further, they only won one game in January as well. They even lost to, to Notts County in the FA Cup. So, mm. you know, they're not a great side, I say. have been down the bottom for most of the season and I think they'll be down there at the end as well. So, yeah. to not get three points from that game will be will be pretty bad on our part, I think. Yeah. Now, uh, if those of you that didn't see the game up there in September, um, that was a game where we... We had all the possession, didn't create a huge amount, and they had one half-decent shot, which was Oster that was deflected and went in. And yeah, it was one of the one of those games that you just you're never going to get anything out of for no good reason. If you know what I mean, incredibly disappointing. Um, and I think it was we were actually on a reasonably good run at the time as well, um, and it kind of put pay to all of that. But like you say, it was Dean Saunders' first game. You know, new manager syndrome. Let's put it all down to that, and we're gonna we're gonna walk it on Tuesday night. It'll be five nil. Uh, Don't pre precurse, precurse. You know what I mean? It's like well, no game in this league is easy, is it at all? So, and Doncaster do put the occasional, uh, you know, get the occasional win, but then they they've not put a run together all year really of any note, uh, other than when Saunders first joined, they did okay for for a period, but they've lost Billy Sharp, but it was their main threat. Uh, and now they're effectively like a a shop window for aging Premiership players to try and get contracts. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> they, much, that's yeah. how they've set themselves up now. They've you know they, they've uh, the agent football agent William Mackay on their effectively on their board. And what he does is he goes to all the different players who are out of contract and and you know and want want to get themselves a new club, bring them into Doncaster uh, on short term deals, and, and they get to strut their stuff in front of uh, the fans at the keep motive so a few it's, thousand it's, that bother to turn up it's an interesting system there i think their chairman or, or i don't know if it's their chairman or chief exec or something like that said this is the way forward this is the future of of how things are going to work i'm i I've, i hope not sure about that <laughs> but, um this certainly hasn't worked particularly well for them although you know hate i do hate you know hate watching the guy jiff but you know he's obviously been a very good player in his time um and I think you know it's quite surprising. He ended up at somewhere like Doncaster. Same same for Trim Bonner, but we know that these guys are you know, at the end of their uh, end of their careers, picking up their paychecks, if you like. And that's not what Crystal Palace were all about, thankfully. And um, I'm hoping that as a result, we um, we put them in their place on Tuesday night. And I'm I'm confident we will do something there. Let's have some predictions, guys. What do you think, Aaron? I'm gonna go two two one Palace. Mm, okay, Ben. Two 0 Palace for me. Yeah, I think we'll keep a clean sheet, and I also think there'll be a response after losing to Derby. I, I think I think it'll be three mm-hmm. nil. Not nil yeah. nil this time. <laughs> no, I you know I usually go for a nil nil or one nil because of how we are. But I, I think I think we've we'd have learned something. Uh, we would learn a lot actually against Derby, and I think we're now in a position where the players um, themselves will be be aware that they're effectively playing for next season now, uh, playing for their places and play. Because, you know, at the end of the, end of the season, Dougie's going to look at that squad and w- with the rest of the staff and he's going to think, well, who, who's, who do I want here? Who do I not? 
So those who haven't had many games and might get in now because of injuries and what have you, those now is the time for them to show what they're about. Um, and I think that that's going to give us a little boost at the end of this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll end up not too far away from uh, from our great rivals, Brighton. And there we are. Anyway. Um, OK, well, after that on Saturday, we, we get to play Forest. Now, there's one result recently from Forest that sort of uh, immediately sticks in my mind. But I'll firstly, Aaron, I'll give you a chance to um, to let us know what you've what you've come up with for Forest. I have. Well, if we're looking at danger men, it's that man McCleary. Yes, the man who scored four goals against Leeds. But they're all crackers as well, actually. Um, he's got nine for the season. Largely contributed a couple of weeks ago. But he's a very uh, good player on the ball. I've seen him play a few times. And um, he certainly works very lively, gets into good positions, hence why he scored nine goals. So we didn't have to uh, look out for him. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Tudguy got that right, <laughs> not the other one. Um, he's also, I've seen him before, he's a very good goal scorer. He definitely has a good touch on him. And if Forrest get a service to him, he can be dangerous. So he's a man we need to be looking out for and keep his shots out of long range. Um, and also Lee Camp as well is a very proved goalkeeper and it'll be difficult to beat him so we need to make sure we carve up the chances hmm. uh, form wise form wise we've got obviously their infamous win against Leeds uh, 7-3 which is a cracking game and they're starting to put a good run together of late trying to get away from the relegation zone so that'll be an extra incentive for Forest. and of course they recently drew one all with Brighton which they came back down from 1-0 which I was very pleased with yeah, yeah, very happy about that. But and that would have felt like a win for them, I think. And, and yeah. off the back of that, that massive win against Leeds as well, which cheered me up no end. Oh my god, a Neil Warnock team conceding seven. Is there anything what funnier a shame. than that? Or old anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about Forest, uh, and, and it, uh, this is what really showed up when we played them in, in up there and, and beat them. We didn't beat them convincingly in terms of possession. They they had more possession. They looked, you know, they've got a, they've actually got a very, very good Young, uh, team full of some quite good youngsters but they had absolutely zero confidence when we played them they just did not have any belief in what that they were doing and the system that they were playing it just they were an absolute shambles in, in that mm. sense um, and we got we were comfortable to walk away with the three points in the end and that I think is not going to be the case um, on Saturday obviously it's a home game but I think that there'll be a much sterner test this time round and, and I think um yeah, certainly they've got something to fight for. Um, so we're really, uh, other than, well, we certainly, I'm, I'm not thinking three points myself. I think that's going to be a struggle for us. Um, I, I just think that they're going to want it more. But I don't necessarily think we'll lose. Yeah, they'll be thinking we're a team that hasn't got anything to play for, really, will they? And they've got mm. everything to play for, so they'll come out all guns blazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, predictions on that, Ben? One uh, all for me. One all, you say? Aaron, what do you reckon? Damn it, Ben, you nicked mine. Um, I'll say nil-nil in that case. I'll take yours, Chris. Oh, you have to take <laughs> mine. Um, no, I, I think I can see Forrest, Forrest scoring against us. Um, obviously, 1-1's one, one's taken, nil-nil's taken. Um, that well, it's for, kind of forced me to go for what I didn't want to go for, which is a defeat. Um, I, I think I think probably we might lose that one 2-1. But I hope it is not the case. Um, but I, say, I just think they've got more to more to play for and it's it's the wrong time to be playing them, in my opinion. So that should uh, bring out the interest, some interesting comments after that game. But let's not get despondent on something that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just a few little round-up on, on the last of your emails and bits and pieces. Um, in fact, I've got a particularly concise... It's not concise. Quite long, but... Uh, it does cover most of the topics uh, from Jerry, as it always does. Sure it's not Mark so, Ross in disguise. 
Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit like Mark. But um, no, I'm going to I'm going to cover this 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 email from Jerry. Uh, I think it's it's pretty much sums up everything we've talked about, really. Um, yeah. Uh, he's basically yeah he's talking about yesterday's game of dis- derby being disappointing. But if we manage to beat Doncaster in the next seventy-two hours, uh, the defeat at Pride Park after the defeat at Pride Park, that would make him glad all over again. Which is very much, you know, the way things go in football, isn't it? You kind of forget a defeat immediately if you win. Um, he says the fact, reality, and truth under Dougie, we're not going backwards uh, as our previous owner, ma- owner and managers have taken Palace in recent years. Championship table doesn't lie. Palace's performances may have been muted, even dire sometimes. But ultimately, every football fan wants to win. Uh, as we managed to win against Barnsley, uh, sorry, as we managed to win against Barnsley, um, if Palace finished closer to the top and bottom of the table, there has to be progress on the pitch. Even in the unlikely event that we don't, there's more positives than negatives. On the field, we're very much still a team in progress and progressing as we are. If we can generate some cash this summer and invest in the squad, we'll have every chance to be knocking on the top six door next season. Key to this is getting the best out of our players more regularly and playing players in more often than not their familiar positions. Mm, interesting point. Certainly regarding Scanner, I think that possibly alludes to. Is a lot of people have been, been asking Dougie of late about playing him up front, and it's a real shame he's got injured because he was certainly, well, Dougie was talking about that being the next step, but he'd, he'd earned the right to play a few games up front, so hopefully he's not been kept out for too long. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I've distracted myself in the middle of that there, really. Uh, he says, um, we haven't got enough goals in the side to make playoffs this season, as we discussed. Um, um, he's talking about Brighton might be able to make the Premiership via the playoffs, uh, but it may indeed prove to be too soon. Hmm. You can't choose promotion, though, if your team merits its merits it. And that's a very good point you know if you're good enough you, you go up you kind of go up don't you <laughs> and we haven't been good enough uh possible discussion for future broadcast he leaves their thoughts on home attendances well we'll actually come back to that so i won't read it all um but he's talking very much about the fact that the home attendances this season are down i believe someone revealed that we're on, we're on for a very low average home attendance there's some big games coming up by the end of the season but i think on the token that we haven't got a huge amount to play for um, not sure how exactly that will pan out, but I think once we've played Southampton for a start, the, the average will be pushing up. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, you, well, you, you've been a couple of times this season, Aaron, Ben, you've, you've been, well, more often than not, haven't you? Yeah. So, um, well, I start with you, Ben. You've been disappointed by home attendances this year? Uh, in a way, you I mean, at the start of the season, they weren't too bad, but getting in, you know, looking at the, the game on Tuesday night, it was, was an awful attendance, to be perfectly honest. I know, Tuesday nights, you know, it wasn't the, the weather wasn't great and stuff like that. But you, you still think that after a much better season than we had last season, you'd, you'd see the, the crowds going up a little bit. But it hasn't seemed to happen. But no. we've got a tweet in actually that that goes with that point. It's Doug Tibbetts, and he says, "Will the crowd for Donny be into five figures?" So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I'm I don't know. Hoping like a bit of the enthusiasm from from Palace on tour day kind of carries over i think hopefully people enjoy that atmosphere enough that it might convince them to to pop down on on tuesday night but i mean we've seen tuesday night games you always you drop 1500 2000 off the attendance anyway it's just just the way it is and you know kids can't go because because of how late they get back um all those sorts of things um i think the announced because of the number of season ticket holders we have the announced figure will be in, in excess of you know will be in the ten thousands but people through the door maybe maybe not i don't know i don't think there's people sort of indicating there's this sign of massive crisis because of the style of football there isn't we're not losing that many supporters just because then 
you know they're finding the brand of football entertaining. I'm sorry, it's just not true. It, it just it's not the way it works, and and we know that from from seeing what happens when you play a big team. When you play a big team, that people suddenly turn up. It the, the supports there, but the results and and the, the opposition are, are the bigger factors in in mm. attending a football match. And the thing is, I, I suppose it's probably prevalent to say that if you haven't got a great deal of money, which a lot of people are, are suffering with now still, you know, in, in this country, if you haven't got a great, great deal of money, if, it might be that the deciding factor is that, you you know, you're going to go and be entertained rather than go and see a, a, you grind out a result. That might be why, whether you decide to spend that money, you can spend elsewhere, if you know what I mean. So maybe in this sort of short term, we are we are seeing a slight effect on that, but not to the degree people are indicating uh, you know, I think it's, it's something we'll come back to, and we will look at it at the end of the season in a lot more detail, and, and try and find out, you know, from from you guys listening, what what it is that's um, that's either kept you away or, or stopped you uh, renewing your season ticket. Oh, I must renew my season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Friday, Chris? Yeah, that was. I forgot to do that there. Oh, uh, easy. <laughs> I better do that Tuesday before the game. Yeah, it's just a good time to start remembering that, isn't it? <laughs> Sweaty palms now. He's got to remember it Tuesday is game over. Glad we, uh, glad we started discussing that subject. I can, um, yeah, bloody hell. All right, well, listen, let's, um, let's end that there so I can go and fill in my, uh, <laughs> my season. You go fit in his form. <laughs> God. <laughs> Look, that, um, obviously, thank you to everyone who's contributed today. Um, by all means, uh, keep in touch with us during the week via emails if, as things occur to you. You know, after the Doncaster game will be an ideal chance to send us some, some information, you know, your, your thoughts on that particular match. And that will help us, uh, produce the show for next week. Uh, but obviously thank you for listening. Thanks for contributing. Uh, thank you to Aaron and Ben for being available today. Much appreciated thank guys. Thank and, you um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to sit here in silence for a while while we work out exactly when we can shut the show off. But um, until then, until next week, uh, we will bid you goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Right, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to that. I hope you enjoyed it uh, as much or if not slightly more than we. Yeah, I mean, looking back at the show, Ben, there's, there's a moment in there that you uh, wanted to draw some attention to as to your comments. What did you... Yeah, yeah I've I've been thinking about my actions of, of the last, you know, half an hour or so. And, and to be honest, I'd like to apologise for, for calling John Ostra a sex offender. Obviously, it's, uh, it's alleged it's, it didn't... Well, we don't know if it happened, but... You know, so I, I'll apologise. I, I think he's a prick, but, you know, he doesn't deserve that, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that he's a prick, but I am going to say, obviously, he, I, I don't believe he was ever, he was convicted of an offence, and it, it was wrong to, I mean, you, basically, your information was incorrect, wasn't it, Ben? And you're just making it clear, yeah. you understand yeah. your information was incorrect. Is it from the Daily yeah. Mirror, by any chance? Oh, Aaron, let's, no. not, let's not lie sorry, to anyone. Right, anyway, um, sorry, just like to say sorry, John, please don't sue. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is a listener, he's an avid listener. Yeah, um, yeah obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the yeah, show show went quite well, I think, and um, hopefully you've enjoyed the last hour and a half or so. Um, as we're recording this, is it, you said Del Piero just scored. What, what was the yeah. fact? About- oh, that Del Piero has just scored, and uh, that means he's now scored in each of the last twenty seasons in Serie A and Subi. It's ridiculous. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed he's still playing. But um, I suppose it's a, old? it's a slow game out there in Italy. And, um, it must be <laughs> 38 or so. I don't know. Something like that. Something, yeah. Um, yeah anyway, there's probably a little bit. Let's let's have this conversation some other time or off air or something because we're recording at the moment. Yeah, we've, probably. We've like mm-hmm. we've tried to record. We've recorded like this is a second attempt at an outro. We recorded three intro. I, I don't know what's wrong with me today. It's mainly me. You need a drink, man. That might be it. That really did. Yeah. Um, anyway, what I want to say, obviously, that, obviously, I did say thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. Um, if you've got any comments on anything that that happens in the next seven days that we'll be reviewing. Why not email them during the week to radio at homestyle dot net? We'll use them to to create a more focused show for you, which would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, and would hope hopefully help hopefully in, uh, stop me from trying to write the entire show ten minutes before we go on air. Um, not the best yeah. idea. It's not really no. So yeah, brilliant. Cheers, guys, and uh, we'll be speaking to you again next week. Bye now. Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.